Diva Cup is the world's number one menstrual cup, here to save you from changing your tampon every couple of hours. It's easy to insert, comfortable, and it'll keep you protected for up to 12 hours. Enough time for a couple more episodes of this show. Just saying, get a better way to period. Head to shopdiva.com and get 10% off a Diva Cup with code RADIO10. Conditions apply. Welcome to OSSB Inside and Out, a podcast about staff member and alumni experiences at the Ohio State School for the Blind. Each week, we interview someone from the Ohio State School for the Blind about their experiences. Now, here's your host, Brendan Hamblin. Welcome to this first episode of the OSSB Inside and Out podcast. Today, with me in studio, I've got Mrs. Carol Agler from the Ohio State School for the Blind. How are you today? I am great. That's good. Um, I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still involved with the marching band that you helped create. I created it. Correct. <laughs> My nerves are... <laughs> That's Okay. <laughs> So, it's the first episode. It'll hopefully get better from here. <laughs> Let's start at the beginning as to how you first heard about the school and got started. Well, I was teaching at Marburn Academy, which was and still is a school for children with learning disabilities. And I caught, I taught K through 12. And mm-hmm. I loved doing that. I taught music. Um, <clears throat> but I was wanting something full-time. That was just half a day. And uh, I'd been there five years. And my husband was looking for jobs for our son, who had just graduated from OU. And he was looking in the state on the state website. And he came across this job at the Ohio State School for the Blind, teaching music. And I thought, whoa, that sounds really neat. So I went to get an application, and Dr. Mazzoli happened to be in his office, and he sat down and asked me why I wanted to teach there. And uh, I said it just seemed like it was just like teaching at Marburn, only with a twist. And that twist was the blindness. I'd never taught anyone blind before, but I had taught children with disabilities uh, a lot. So I um, I applied and was lucky enough to get the job. And you did an amazing job before, from the time I started, which was 2004, till you retired. Well, thank you. <laughs> I love teaching at OSSB. It's, it's been the best thing that ever happened. Well, I loved attending OSSB and ditto. <laughs> Let's see. Hmm. Well, when I came into the job, it was just, uh, they had restructured it so that I was teaching any and all music classes. There had been um, another teacher who taught the uh, multiple, some of the multiple disability classes, but, uh, and there was no band program. I didn't know there had ever been a band program. So I taught K through 12. I had two high school choirs, um, junior high music, elementary music, and then private lessons in um, 
in piano or whatever instrument anyone wanted to. And I also loved Appalachian dulcimers, so I brought that to OSSB and we made um, Appalachian dulcimers. Out of uh, cardboard? Out of, and... Yes, they were cardboard kits from Backyard Music. And so those became part of my music classes. We used those many a times. <laughs> I, it changed my life when I got one. It literally changed my life. They're fun to play, and they don't take up a lot of lap space. So. That's right. <laughs> Just hang them on the wall when you're done with them. Exactly. Um, what are some memories that stand out from your time? Or one of, one of the teaching biggest. or currently? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the largest or fondest memories I have is being on stage practicing for the winter concert, and this is my very first year teaching, and I had done, um, we were doing a, a musical about different uh, uh, cultures, uh, celebrations for, for the holidays, right. and we had a mariachi scene, and Jessica Culley, who uh, was totally blind and had perfect pitch, and was always making this balloon noise. She'd press her lips together and squeak them. Mm -hmm. And uh, and to this day, she calls me squeaky balloon. <laughs> <laughs> but that was her thing. Well, she was holding a plastic trumpet that I had bought. And Seal Pirano said right. to me, why are you using plastic trumpets when we've got real trumpets? And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> You didn't so, know about the instrument room I, in the current, or... I did not. In the music room behind the stage, did you? Yeah, the music room behind the stage uh, used to be the band room bef before my time. Right, uh, Mr. Right. Spangler had retired 13 years before I came, and uh, they were, after he left, they didn't hire anybody to replace him, and they didn't, uh, they used the room as a meeting room. So I just Makes knew sense. it as a meeting room. And uh, Seal took me to the instrument closet and showed me all these real nice brass instruments. And I just went right to Dr. Mazzoli and, and uh, Principal Jerry Markham, and I said, we have to start a music pro a band program. We have to. Can you let me do this? And right. um, they said, yes, go ahead. So I said, you know, it's going to cost money over the years if we start this. And they said, no problem. So... They backed me and and always backed me. Uh, so I gave a trumpet, a real trumpet, to Jessica Colley. And she said, can I play it? And I said, sure. So she blew into it. And I said, no, no, no. That's not the way. Make your balloon noise into it. And she right. did. And out came this high C, hard as heck to play. And she just got it first thing. And I I said, this is a sign. This is right. this is why we have to do this music program. This is why we have these instruments. Let's put them to use. Yes. Yes. So that, that was one of my fondest memories. Jessica Culley is the reason I started this music program. <clears throat> Another fond memory is um, I had a... I was teaching a, a class of students with multiple disabilities, and this one young lady came in late. She was, um, oh, 
she was in Barb Frankenfield's class, which meant she was possibly in the youngest of the multiple disability classes, or maybe the second youngest, I've forgotten which. But she came in late, and she sat down, and as usual, I handed her the microphone, and she sang into the microphone, as usual. And after class, I, I look out, and her mother is in the hallway crying. And Aww. it turned out this child didn't talk, and I didn't know that. And Wow. And here she is singing on mic. And um, it, it turns out that a way to reach uh, students with autism, I don't know if that's what she had, but it, it, it's through music. And cool. a, a great many, like something over 90% of people with autism have perfect pitch. And and music just speaks to them. That's their language. So right. uh, it turned out to be hers. And, and it uh, there were more occasions than that of students doing things in music classes that they'd never done. We had one student named Brian who only used one hand. Uh, if you gave him something to hold and a spoon to eat out of it with, yeah. he would let go of it and just use the, the spoon hand. He would uh -huh. never use both hands until we put him at a drum set, gave him <laughs> two drumsticks, and Off away he went. He went. <laughs> cool. Let's talk a little bit more <clears throat> about the only blind marching band in the world that we have. We've been to the 2010 Tournament of Roses Parade. You want to talk about that a little bit? Because I wasn't sure. there. Oh, That was the year before I got yeah. into marching band. Wow. Well, the, the Rose Parade was unbelievable. We were having band camp, and um, <clears throat> I got a phone call. This was in 2000 and maybe seven uh, because we had a year and a half to raise the funds. But I got a phone call from someone uh, who was trying to find groups to be in the Rose Parade of 2009 right. or 2010. It, we went there in 2009, but the parade was January 1st, 2010. And he said he just, on a whim, did a search for blind band, and up we popped. So he... Encouraged us to apply for the Rose Parade, and I, I, Jerry Markham was in the room when I got the phone call, and uh, I turned around and said, "Well, this is this is a pie in the sky thing," and he said, "Do it, just do, do it. it. Right. If you get it, the money will come in, and you it did. Can do it." So I I went to the band members who we were in a Wednesday slump <laughs> as usual. That's right. always the tired day of band camp. And I told them about this phone call and they said, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. And it picked everybody right up. And by golly, they worked as hard as they could. And uh, we made great tapes and we sent our tapes to our audition tapes and our right. um, application and to our great surprise and delight we were accepted so we we prepared mr kelly said i said we better get some uh, help from other band directors who've done this before right some advice and he said i don't need any advice we can i i can tell you if we can march four miles we can march the five and a half 
And so that's what we did. We had 32 members of the band, and we marched round and round the track uh, all the way up through November, the end of November. I remember seeing pictures from those around the track practices. And the the daylight doesn't last that long. Not in November. That year, we had two practices a week instead of the usual one. Right. And... Um, and, and we practiced well past our usual season and we marched first, we marched a mile around the track and then the next time a mile and a quarter and the next time a mile and a half and so on until we got up to four miles by the end of November. And in December, it was just too cold to continue out on the track. And so we stopped the conditioning, but could have done it around the uh, oh, in the building. <laughs> <laughs> but it was granted just you too, would have had to it was squeeze down for yeah. the doorways, but and we also lost daylight. Right, as there the, is that because yeah. November, December, right, it's you're a, limited. It's a two and a half hour parade, so right. we didn't have two and a half hours of practice time, even when uh, a, a TV crew came out to film us. They had to line the um, the fence of the track with cars with their headlights on so that they could film us because it was dark Gotta out there light. and we didn't have any light. And there is no light out there. No. So um, it, it was an adventure. And Mr. Kelly was right. When it got time for the Rose Parade, uh, we, we didn't have any problem marching the two and a half miles. And only one student dropped out with one marching assistant who begged to drop out, too. And uh, it turned out that, um, well, she she dropped out within the last, I think, uh, three quarters of a mile, somewhere in there. So they made it pretty much the whole way. Yes, yes. And it was really fun because right at the end, there's a overpass that we have to march under. Right. And your sound just bounces right back at you. And and it was just energizing to hear us at that point, almost at the end of the parade, sounding wonderful still. So Always love going through corridors playing. Yeah. Or really tall buildings on either side of you. It just bounces back at you. We we had our drummers were especially worried about being able to go that distance because those drums are heavy. Right. And um, Bria Gaucher was one of those drummers. Uh, she, she played snare. She was our lead snare player, and she was worried about carrying her drum that full length. And we had practiced that uh, during our our rehearsals on the track. Our, our marching assistants would take the drums right. for a while in order to give them relief for their back. Or they would just drop out and catch us on another lap after right. they'd rested their back. Makes but sense. adrenaline is a wonderful drug. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it is. We are marching down uh, the road the, um, it, just during the first mile, and I noticed that uh, uh, Mr. Kelly had, to, ha- had us march right next to the drummers where we had more control of the tempo right. and uh, the song. So he, uh, I, I was right next to Bria and I noticed that these tears were coming down her cheeks. And I said, Bria, tears are of you pain? okay? I didn't know. And 
And she, she shook her head no. And I said, uh, are, are you in pain? And she shook her head no. And I said, do you, do you need someone to take your drum? And she shook her head no. And Must I remember, have been excitement. Yeah, I remembered that Brendan Safoni uh, had had just been moved to tears at the um, the band festival that we'd been in a couple of days earlier when the applause was just thunderous and the, the people were not only applauding but drumming their feet on the bleachers and we had never experienced anything like that. Right. And, and Brendan was crying and I said, what's wrong, Brendan? And he said, nothing's wrong. Don't you see, Mrs. Agler? That's for us. So I lost it. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. I would so, have too. So when Bria was crying and I couldn't figure out the reason, I said, are you crying because you're so moved? And she shook her head, yes. Well, then I was crying too. <laughs> it, Tears it was, all around. Yeah. It, it was just something else to be in that two and a half a mile standing ovation. Excuse me. Two and a half hour standing ovation five and a half mile <laughs> walk. I was going to say, that didn't sound right, but... Yeah. <laughs> it it was unbelievable. And when we finished, Sam Shepard came up to me and said, Mrs. Agler, I could do this again. I said, well, let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Sam saying that. It, it, it was surprising. We were all just astounded at what we accomplished. We did good. And we that did. was before my time, so... I was watching. And now, they had given us the option of marching the first mile, which is called the TV mile. Right. And then, and then dropping out. Dropping out. And I said, you don't think we can do this, do you? I said, oh, let, no, no. I don't mean that. Let us prove you wrong. I don't mean that. I said, do you have any other bands who get this opportunity to to leave after the first mile? No. Then... We don't want to be like We're them. We're going to march the whole way like everybody else because we can. And we did. Yes, we did. Um, let's see. Now, that was 2010. In 2011, we went out to Seattle, Washington. And for you the, were there, right? I was there for that, yes. Um, that was an amazing trip. I agree. That was the Lions Club International? Yes, the Lions Club International Parade. I thought so. Couldn't remember. It's been so many years ago. <laughs> um, marching assistants. What are they and <laughs> what do they do? I mean, you and I both know, but right. the listeners who are listening right now well, have no clue. I've seen on uh, other videos that people who use marching assistants in other high school marching bands or college marching bands. Right. They may call them ghost marchers. Makes sense. Yeah. And so sometimes they dress in the same uniform as the band. In our case, uh, most of our marching assistants are adults, uh, except when we went to the Rose Parade. And then we had a lot of marching assistants from Marvin Academy and also um, the Graham School. And there was a a third school, a junior high school that was a Montessori school that uh, gave us three excellent, excellent marching assistants, one of which stayed with us until he graduated high school, and we still miss Nick. He was just extraordinary. Nick was a good guy. Yeah. So uh, I designed, we, we had to choose new uniforms because we had 32 members in the marching band, 
and we didn't have enough of our uh, wool uniforms that had been given to us from um, Napoleon High School. Right. They when were they donated. New, they were. They were old. They were old. You could tell. Yeah. And they were our colors, and they were right. sharp. We appreciated them, but... We needed new uniforms for the Rose Parade, and we needed non-wool <laughs> uniforms for yeah. Pasadena. Uh, so, I'm glad we went with not wool. Yeah. So um, I just looked through the band catalog, and um, and there was this one style that I thought was real sharp. Our school colors were red, white, and blue, so I chose where the red, white, and blue went, and we uh, ordered these uniforms, and they were so sharp. So, they still are. Yes, they still are. We look. I still think they're just the best uniforms out there. So then I had to design something for the adults to wear, and we decided on the red jackets. And uh, black slacks. Black slacks, white shirts, black silk tie. And uh, <clears throat> the Lions Club wore the red jacket, so that worked out to be a perfect tie-in with them. Right. And... Um, and so we've collected quite a few red jackets over the years, and we like to do the bling like the Lions Club do. And so everywhere we go, uh, if there are lapel pins, we can get, <clears throat> uh, especially at the Lions Club International Parades, we can do that. Right. We can exchange them. And so some of us have quite a lot of bling on our jackets. Quite a few of you have quite a lot of bling on your yes. jackets. <laughs> um. 2011. Was there anything? The next thing I think was 2015. The next big event that we uh, did. Yeah, we well we marched in a Michigan parade, which was pretty cool. Um, but yes, the next big event actually was marching in the OSU game in 2013. Right. That that was. I think huge. I had so much adrenaline going. <laughs> I don't remember. I vaguely remember being there. I don't know how, but adrenaline's a funny thing. It is. It it was incredible because there was it was like the Rose Parade all crammed into a a stadium. Right. <laughs> and uh, we were told later that um everybody, you know, a lot of people at halftime go out and get food and then they come back and watch the game. Right. But that wasn't the case. In this time, people stayed to watch us perform Ohio in Braille while the OSU band performed Script Ohio. And we do that very much like their drill. Right. We, we get in a coil, and and then we uncoil and march up the side uh, and over uh, across the hash marks in the middle of the field. Right. And then we descend in groups of letters. Uh, we the O comes down the in spelled in Braille, and then the right. H and the I and the O, and then our I daughters come out and dot the I. Well, half of the O comes down, and then the rest of it comes down to dot. The... Well, actually, we used to do it that one I dot came down, right. and then the second I dot would be the I daughter. Uh, and but we had two sousaphone players that year. Right. So why not have them both dot the I? So we just had a blank when the I was supposed to come down. Right. And then the final O comes down. And the coolest thing was the um, the second drum major. They had the main drum major, and then they had the second drum major. Well, he led our group. 
and and we just had to move into place onto the field at the same time as the OSU band moved into uh, their block formation, right? Their spiral, and then we just had to wait while they played the uh, we we played with them the entire uh, Larage with a bridge, and then we started the second Larage time through because right. it takes them so long to march so they to were uncoil. done with the oh before we got to start our <laughs> uncoiling and and uh, you know comments online were hey when are they going to move what are they do- they just what's happening here <laughs> right so, and the cameras were focusing on one person or another and Right. As as I recall, they loved you, and then they did. <laughs> then we. Um, I was we... there in the front, like <laughs> I was the third one back, I think. Yeah. Or something. Right like, on the sideline. Something like that. Yeah. I was in the one of the, the coil? first three people go oh, to okay. uncoil. Okay. So, so we we marched into the. Uh, we we finally started marching. And we spelled our O and H. And the coolest thing was, uh, in the last O, when it got time for the eye daughter to come out, he was led by the um, drum major. And I'm standing right there on the sideline uh, directing. Right. And I'm right underneath, right in front of the ladder that the OSU director is, is on. And I see... The drum major come out, followed by uh, Boniface and Billy. Right. And he strikes the ground where one of them is going to stand. And literally, cool. it's as at, at the the black pieces of of tire pieces that are in the um, uh, what do you call it astroturf. Right. They. He strikes that, and it's like magic. This poof comes up right where he strikes, and the, the Boniface or Billy take that spot, and and right in timing with uh, the OSU's bow, uh, right. members bow, they bow, and it is just magical. And the stadium is going wild and they're on yes, the they big were. screen and it, it it said they said it was just the the greatest applause they'd ever had for i daughters and we were the still are for as far as my knowledge goes the only high school marching band to ever march with them on field correct that's as far as i understand that's correct <laughs> we got some really cool experiences and the neat thing is, we might get to do that again next year. Awesome. We have been, uh, well, he's uh, the director, the current director said he would like to have us do that. So now he's got to go through the process of getting it approved. Right. But we've been, it's been uh, approached. Cool. Yes. That'll be amazing. It will. For th- this next generation of marching band members. Um. That was 13? Uh-huh. Uh, I believe the next thing was the Memorial Day Parade in... Washington, D.C. I thought so. Yeah. That was 15. Yes. That was your last Yeah, that was... Last I year? retired four days later. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been 14, 15 school year then. Yes. I thought so. It was, it was uh, my swan song. That was an amazing trip. It was. 
Um, I they all run together after a while, <laughs> and that's what they're doing now. So um, we were in that parade. That was how long? It it wasn't even a mile. It was just I didn't short think of a so. mile. It it wasn't a long parade. We did. What else did we do there? Or we out went there? to the um, Air Force Memorial where we performed our halftime show, and people kept saying to me, "You guys are really special because they don't allow anybody on the grass here." I remember hearing that. Yeah, but. We performed our halftime show there. We were supposed to perform it at a retirement home right? and for um, veterans, but they had had a number of deaths that week, and they just weren't mm. up to the... I wouldn't want to be right. there it, either. It just wasn't the right time. So they arranged for us to perform at the uh, Air Force Memorial, which was pretty cool. It's a beautiful place with um, overlooking the city, and you've got those cool arches there, the, the yes. wing type of uh, uh, memorial. And so it was really cool to do that. We got to perform. We got to practice for that at the National Cathedral, which looks right out of Harry Potter. Right, uh, and there was a service going on, so we couldn't go in and look there. But it was really cool to be on the grounds, and we ran into people we knew there. What are the odds? And uh, we it's a small world. Yeah, it's a very small world. We got to ride on the subway. We went to Arlington Cemetery, and we watched a changing of the guards there, which was very moving. It's and always moving. I've been there. Two or three times with OSSB, because we did that uh, trip my eighth grade year. Ah, uh, yes. I don't remember what, I think that was the outreach. I think so. Or up close or something like that. I forget what it was called. Mm -hmm. But they took, I think, the entire high school. Yes. Yes. They wanted you guys to have experience in the big city. They wanted you to see Washington, D.C. And, and ride the subway. And ride the subway. Right. Yeah. Um, so that trip was amazing as they all are. Uh huh. Was there anything in fifteen sixteen school year? Well, I had retired by then, but I came up and uh and helped. Right. Uh. Yes, we went to Chicago. Oh yeah, we did for the one hundredth anniversary of. The uh, Internet International Lions, Lions Club. Club, yeah, parade. So that was incredible because there were so many. It being the hundredth anniversary, there were so many more uh, countries represented. Right. Uh, and and we just had uh, a, a huge crowd watching us, and uh, we got to see Chicago. And the fun thing after the parade, we got we had lots of lapel pins to trade right. with other uh, bands Con or units in the parade. And the fun thing was, if they didn't have a lapel pin, uh, like the Japanese parade the, uh, people, they just gave us the shirts off their back. <laughs> so that was our memento. It, um, it was really neat to go around. I went around with Caden Hooks, and we would give these... Um, you know, make these trades. And right. at one point, uh, someone asked if he could bless Caden. Uh, and and he, uh, 
Caden said, yes, that'd be fine. And right. so he did. He, he Right there, he, he prayed for Caden. Aw, cool. It was, it was a, a, a wonderful experience. And then we've got a big trip coming up here at the end of December, beginning of January. We do. And do we want to talk a little bit about that, or is it still kind of hush-hush? No, no. It's, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to the Outback Bowl in Orla- Tampa, Florida. I knew it was somewhere in Florida. I was going to say Orlando. Well, we that started wasn't it. in Orlando, <laughs> but we end up in Tampa. I'm sure you know more about the trip than <laughs> I do because I haven't been getting emails for some reason, but... Well, oh well. This is what we're going to do. We leave on the twenty eighth, and we're taking eighteen members and the re- requisite marching assistance. Hey. And we are traveling to overnight. We're leaving at two o'clock on the twenty eighth, and we arrive in Orlando, Florida, at ten o'clock in the morning on the twenty ninth, and we spend the day at Disney World, just having fun. Which awesome. Is, yes. No. No, no worries. We've been to Disney World before, well, actually Disneyland, and on the Rose Parade trip. I was going to say. But it was um, all business. Uh, right. We, we did. Um, uh, Wasn't anything fun. Well, we did have fun because we did these jazz workshops, and we performed there. Right. We performed there. I remember when we performed there, uh, it was not only the band, but. A lot of the members were in the choir, so we did a few choir numbers as well. Cool. And Representing we, both halves of the music department. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, uh, John Waters was the director of the OSU band, and they at were the time, up there right. performing at Disney World. And after our choir sang, uh, I'll Make a Difference, there, we had four soloists, Macy McLean, Misty Hatcher, um, uh, trombone player. Well, Sam Shepard and the other trombone trombone player was that Julian Brooks. Uh, Julian Brooks, yes, and they were Figured. our soloists, and they're just awesome, incredible soloists. And uh, that was our last number. And John Waters just came up to me, bawling. <laughs> he could not talk for bawling, and he just hugged me and cried and cried because it was such a moving song. And right. that's what he was helping us do in all of his support was helping us to um, make a difference. Which we did. Yes. And we still do. So that trip and at Disneyland, we, we didn't get to do enjoy any, the rides or anything like that. Anything but this fun. trip, we're spending the day at Disney World. Awesome. And then that night, we go to Tampa to our hotel. And the next day, we spend it at the beach. We get to kind of recover <laughs> from our lack of sleep. Awesome. <laughs> and then what else do we have going on? Well, there is a marching band festival in uh, at Jefferson uh, High School. In um, she brought her notes, and uh, that is, I think, at seven thirty on. I have to look. Helps to bring notes, doesn't it? Seven thirty, yeah, seven thirty p.m. December thirtieth. It's the Outback Bowl Marching Band Competition. Cool. And um, at Jefferson High School, and then we're marching. On New Year's Eve in the 
Outback National Outback Bowl New Year's Eve Parade in Ebor City. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's Y-B-O-R. I was going to say, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not from Florida. I've never been. (laughs) (laughs) We have to be there at 3 p.m. I'm not sure what time the the parade starts. Uh uh, And then, uh, then that night, we get to spend the New Year's Eve at Disney World. I mean, Bush Gardens. Awesome. And then the next day is the it's the performance in the Outback Bowl halftime show. Cool. And that will be televised? It will be televised. I don't know if the halftime show will end up on TV, but it seems to me that they often do that right. for out for, you know, these these bowl games. So, um we'll be performing with the other bands. We've learned our two pieces. Uh one is the opener, and the other one is classic rock medley. And we performed our classic rock medley in the um, holiday concert. Cool, which I didn't, unfortunately, make it to this year. How did that go? It was wonderful. The theme was winter. There was a lot of songs about snow, um, a, a lot of clever uh, pieces that were performed, and... Um, uh, the multiple disability classes, or I guess they're now called developmental disability, they um, they did a number of pieces with the bells, and then one piece uh, where they rocked out with the drum set, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And the, They never the cease to amaze me. Elementary kids did not only, I mean, not only did they sing these wonderful songs, uh, by themselves or in in small groups and in large groups, they also played instruments and they did a super job playing Jolly Old St. Nicholas and uh, uh, these are not easy pieces that they right. played. Uh, and uh, they they joined the junior high band to play a piece. Then the junior high band did uh, a, a piece and uh, the high school, they you know, the high school band joined them, and we just had this, uh, they they just did a super job playing all their songs. And Which they I always do. I ended up having to turn pages for one student, because by the time you blew up his music to where he could read it, it uh, and see it. Uh, gigantic. Yeah, he had like 12 pages of music. <laughs> and, I've been there, and done that. You can't play the clarinet and turn at the same time very easily. <laughs> can't play the trumpet and turn at the same time either. Right. Well, you can, but it's tricky. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that we have going on? Uh, well, getting ready for this this thing, and then the rest of the school year, I don't know what Miss Johnson's got up. Her, her sleeves. Her sleeve for, you know, the rest of the school year. But uh, the, the students are reading music really well. Uh, we're still using Soulfish like I did uh, right. way back when, and it it uh, works well in our situation. And um, and that's fixed Soulfish, right? Right, where uh, the sound B flat is always do, no matter what instrument is playing it. That sound is do, and that makes it so much easier to teach everyone um, in a in a mass setting. Right, makes sense. I know that we're hoping to go to London, England. So that's sometime still... in the future. That's 
on we, the table When we wanted to do it before, the administration just never signed that note saying that they backed us. Um, I was going to say, because I'm not we, sure if that was deliberate or if it was just they didn't, you know, it just got pushed to the side or something. Right, because I know we were planning on going this, no, it was, forget when it was. What year was that? <laughs> That they wanted us to go the first time. Uh, I think it was uh, around 2014, something like that. They've been after us for years, and I can't, it, or it could have been 2016, but might have been 16 because it yeah. was towards my towards the end of my tenure. Okay, so it probably was after the National Memorial Day parade then, but that we really wanted to do it, and we just couldn't get the process started but this time the administration is amenable to it and so it's on the table it's not a definite it's just it's just there for yeah it's a possibility so we are looking at that possibility and the other big news is uh I believe it was Matt Cromer who started a Facebook comment of wanting to know if we could ever get the chimes back at OSSB, or was that you? Um, or a combination th- of the two? It could have been a combination of the two, because I remember hearing them chime before they started construction on the yes new building, new building or quote-unquote <laughs> new building that's falling apart already, but we'll digress. <laughs> um, we'll let that go. Um, but yeah, I think it was a mixture of the two between us. Uh-huh. Well, I um, did some research uh, on the cost of, of this. Then I gave that research to Seal Perano, who had asked for it. She was responding for these to these requests. Right. And she took it to the superintendent, and, uh, and I got word at the holiday concert that they're planning on doing it. That makes me so happy. Yes. Because that just... For so many years, it was the essence of OSSB. Right. And now, hopefully, it'll be the essence of OSSB again. Now, will it be the bell tower of the, quote-unquote, original or old building? Or will it be the bell tower, or if you want to call it that, bell tower of the new building? Yeah, they did build a bell tower on purpose because they wanted to have these bells back. and uh, Or it'll be a mixture of the both. It's going to be in the new (laughs) building. And, Makes sense. Uh, well, that's you know where we are, and there right. will be a keyboard, just like there was in the old, so that we could the Pro- students can record music or play it live on on uh, a- as the bells play, and uh, it will have the usual recorded music for the holidays or for every day, and right. uh, so and they'll play at the times that it used to play so the students will once again hear the beloved bells awesome um trying to think have you you've taught at a regular public school correct or well yes i taught at circleville junior high school for three years and that was vocal music and general music thought so and then I, I took 
many years off when I raised my family. And then I taught at Marburn, Marburn Academy for students with learning disabilities. And that was vocal and general music. Well, just general music, really. Right. And, and then, then you came to OSSB. OSSB, where I did it all. So how much harder is it transferring from, say, public school to developmental disability or teaching that I know it's got to be different. It is different. It, uh, or I trickier. Know, or, yeah, I can remember, um, because there's being, some obstacles there. It, well, it's totally different because I'm teaching in a, in a different way because you can't say everybody take out your books and look at page whatever. Right. Uh, because the music books were not in Braille. Right. And, um, or large print for that matter. So um, I, I had to do things auditorily and uh, more experience oriented rather than, um, I guess, reading oriented. And I could have, they'd have a Braille production. So I, I would have some uh, articles and that I wanted to pull in we right. have those brailed and we, and we could do that but I was very very nervous and I remember um, it was November of my first year and I I had been teaching the fifth and sixth grade class right and uh, Ernie Turner was in that class I remember Ernie yeah he still comes and, and helps at the blind school yep I've seen him around so I just felt like, when is this class going to be over? Because I just felt like I was, I wasn't engaging. I wasn't, this was not the kind of lesson I wanted to teach. Right. I felt like I was thinking, when is this going to be over? As much as the students were thinking, when is this going to be over? It just wasn't the fun, entertaining, or or just um, engaging music class that I wanted it to be. And right. the bell rang, and the kids just left the room. <laughs> and and I was standing at the door, and Ernie Turner walked past me, and he got a few feet away, and he turned back, and he said, Mrs. Agler, can I give you a hug? And I said, <laughs> yes. And I thought, after all that, he, I, I'm, I'm all right. They, they're going to be nice to me, <laughs> no matter how bad I am. I'm right. okay here. And that was my turning point. That's where I finally felt like I belonged and I was going to be okay and I'd figure it out and they'd help me. Right. Now, you moved the music room from way back in the elementary wing to the, what was, when you got there, the meeting room behind the stage. Yeah. Was that the first year you got there or the it was it it was the first year um they were wanting to some of the teachers were wanting to turn that big room into cubbies for uh offices uh -huh. and mr markham said if you want to protect that room for your um space your space would you know you need that whenever you put on a performance you you've got to use that space because right it's a lot easier than dragging everything up from yeah the other end of the building and, and you've <laughs> got to prep the people before they get on stage in right. that space 
And so he said, you really need to move up into that room. And I said, oh, but my room where it is is so picturesque. I look out and the snow is falling on this rock wall and the pine trees and the courtyard there. And it had low windows and it's so pretty down here. And he said, but you need to move up there. So I moved up there and uh, the windows are higher, but... You can still see the snowfall, <laughs> right? And <laughs> it's got those pine trees out there, but big block good. windows up again, up high to let sunlight in. Yes, so I learned to love that room just as much, and uh, and it was easier for band because uh, didn't have the, as far the to storage go. room there was built for the band instruments, and the right. storage room in the former music room was not at all. So it was much easier to teach my instrumental music in that setting so it worked out just fine right and the former music room had a stage as to where the band room does not or did not still doesn't right but it has <laughs> that the stage was really tiny and right the, in the the first music room and the, it was it was one of those uh gymatorium type of things at, at an elementary gym with a little tiny stage to it so right. it was better to have the big stage. And when we had band camp, we could just move the percussion onto the stage to practice. Which we did quite a bit. Yeah. And there were seven practice rooms in the area around the music room. So we originally there were those. Right. Originally there were 24, if I'm not mistaken. Because where the tech room is. Oh, really? Was the piano tuning lab. Oh, I didn't know that. Way back when the building was built. Wow. So they had more rooms in there. Yep. Wow. Which are now storage, but... <laughs> uh-huh. What are you going to do? Can't win them all. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that I'm missing that you'd like to touch on? Well, you're missing Mr. Kelly. <laughs> True. He was a good part of the band for almost... Well, well, 2006 through 2012 or 13. Something like that. Good yeah. portion of, well, yeah. a little bit of my time in the band. Uh-huh. And then uh, uh, he retired from it um, in, I think it was 2013. It was. And then um, then I, it was me and Miss Johnson, 2013 through 2015. And now it's Miss Johnson. And, and, of course, Jeff Schneider. Who right. uh, came to us in 2008, I think it was. He's a retired band director from Bexley High School. And one, he one more time. Service. Yes, Mr. One More Time. So he was a marching assistant his first year, but his second year he said, you know, I was serious when I said I'd be glad to do anything you want. Right. And so the last um, marching drill that I designed was the one that we did at Pasadena. Um, with our Stevie Wonder show. And the next year I said, go for it. And so he's been designing our marching drill ever since. And it's always a challenge because coming up to band camp, you'll get all these applications in and all these people are coming. And then band camp happens and all you of a sudden, half of them. you know, well, not half. You can get all but three. Right. So now you've got to redesign your show. So, because those three, you're, you're using every single marcher you have. Right. And uh, and it makes a difference. 
<laughs> so so <laughs> yes, oftentimes does. during Van Camp, he's redesigning the show. And reworking of, it. Right. Yeah, because of things that happened. So he's been a wonderful addition to the um, to the show, and he, I mean to our organization, and he still is designing our drill, and he's our field coach. He teaches us the drill. Yes, he does. He was... <laughs> We all hated him for one more time. I'm sure they still don't like him. Oh, he but. no, he wears his one more time with the infinity sign on it. <laughs> always on Thursday of band camp. That that's our warning. It's going to be one more time to infinity. <laughs> right. One and, more time doesn't mean one more time well, with him. Well, it's interesting because when you say one more time to a student with autism. They think one they more think time. one more time. And so it can be upsetting right. to them can be upsetting to a lot of people, autism, autistic, yeah. or not. <laughs> so we just have to tell them up front, uh, you have to understand one more time does not mean one more time. <laughs> right. It means 10 more times or 15 more uh, times. Or, right. Forget. Um, back when the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge <laughs> was going on, I got the honor of dumping a bucket of ice on you. You did. That and was, I was astounded at how cold it was. Well, it sat there and melted in, so. <laughs> We've had some great times. We have. And we'll have some many more. That's right. All right. I think that will do it for this episode. Join us next week for our next episode. Guest, I have no clue who's going to be on next week. So stay tuned for that surprise. Thanks for joining us this week on OSSB Inside and Out. Make sure to follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for OSSB Inside and Out Podcast. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Thank you for listening. What's up? Ohio Jones here. There's lots of famous Joneses out there, but I'm the one who realized there's treasure to be found all over Ohio. For example, there's this new Ohio Lottery scratch-off I play called Treasure Hunt. No fights, no whips, no dangerous traps, just way better odds of hitting it big. And at only five bucks, every excursion is super affordable. So yeah, I might not be the most famous of Joneses, but I am the one they're all trying to keep up with. Play Treasure Hunt and have your own adventurous fun today. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly.